Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome back. Boy, this is exciting. Welcome back to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast where every week we watch an episode of Smallville, mostly that I haven't seen. We rewatch <laughs> them and then we talk about them with you. We discuss. I try not to shit on the show. Ryan has an objective point of view. First time watcher. Tom can kind of step back. Try to remember. I just try to remember things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, look, we've got cool guests in store. We've got a lot of great guests. We hope this builds and builds. Uh, I want to say, um, you know, we have more ideas to connect with the community. So that's good. Uh, we can't wait to build on what we've done so far in season one. Uh, the patrons, you know who you are. You keep the show going. Um, we need you. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash talkville and do what you can. Um, we're trying to make that community larger and uh, a lot more fun as well. Bryce is working hard. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to call and leave your questions for this episode, make sure you get some in for future episodes. Our hotline, 213-538-2883. Make sure you call way ahead of time. I mean, episodes in advance, because sometimes we'll, we'll do five in a row. Also, it's important, our socials. Ryan, do you know our socials? Uh, I don't. It's at Talkville Pod on Twitter, <laughs> at Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Oh. Are we doing TikTok? I'm a little old. That's what you. That's what you want from a salaried employee. <laughs> I can't salary. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, salary. Well, one day, hopefully. But we. I can't get into the TikTok thing. I try. Bryce. Bryce connects people through TikTok. It's all right. What are you gonna do? I won't. Uh, I look, think Ron. I bet Ryan's TikTok would take. He's off a TikToker. You're a TikToker, yeah. Ryan. No, I even I'm too old for that. Jeez, thanks for playing that out. <laughs> Look, if you're watching on YouTube right now, let us know what you thought about this episode. What stood out to you most? Uh, it's so exciting. Also, we have TalkvillePodcast.com for awesome merch. We're going to get more merch. I think what we're going to do, Tom, is sign a bunch of stuff. Me and you, when I see you at a con, have it available so they know it's from us on the talk on the Talkville website. It's very a lot of exciting things coming up. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it, man. Season two, episode one, Vortex. Well, I'm super excited about this one because I couldn't I couldn't remember what this was about other than the fact that I knew they were like, you know, it was a carry on from the other one. And I do believe that we shot this in, you know, at the at the end of the first season, only because some of the sets that would make sense that they would all stay up. No, we didn't. And we'd shoot in them. We didn't. We didn't? No, I remember shooting this season two going, oh my God, how do I get back into character? How do we match the oh. blood drip on my eye? All these things. And after a few oh, takes, you I, you know, I, hopefully we all got into it. But uh so welcome, Ryan. Hi. Tez. Hi. Welcome, Thomas Hi. Welling. Thank you. Uh, all right. Vortex aired September 24th, 2002. Director Greg Beeman. That's why it was such a good episode. Uh, I already said yep. it's good. It's, I just, there's no hiding that. Writers, teleplay Philip Levin's story by Al Goff, Miles Miller. Uh, guest star Tom O'Brien as Roger Nixon. Here's a little synopsis. 
Picking up from our to-be-continued tornado storm in the season one finale, Clark saves Lana from the tornado. Jonathan gets trapped underground with Roger Nixon. Lex goes on the hunt for both of them, and the town of Smallville recovers from the devastation. A lot more happens, too. After a previously on Smallville intro, the episode picks up where we left off. Lana's in a tornado. Lionel's about to be impaled. Jonathan's chasing down Roger Nixon. Um, I thought all of this was really good. Um, this is a surprisingly, because I'm sorry, I don't remember it, huge episode. Huge. Like, huge. There's there's not only big sets and big movements and visual effects and stunts, and you're moving from all over Smallville. Like, this is not a... A, a cost-cutting episode. No, no, it was it was uh, it was unbelievable. When I watch these the episodes like this, I'm thinking, "Wow, this is Smallville. This is why people <laughs> love Smallville." It really was. Inside the tornado, Clark makes his way into Lana's truck, being thrown about. He uses his body to protect hers as the car gets ripped apart. I love the look you on know, Lana's face when she looked. Her eyes are kind of hidden, and you can see her looking yeah. at you. Wasn't that dope? That made that was again that. That was better. That look that she does, that one eye look, and it, it's like that's better than everything that's happening around it, right? Yeah. And then of course later we hear that how he, you know, they don't really talk about her. He doesn't want to talk about it. But that look, I forgot about that, and that was like that was a tiger, you know. Beeman's framing that framing on that shot. It wasn't just her looking at you. It was like you said. It was that one eye. It was almost astonished surprised scared am i dreaming am i dying what's happening are you the savior you know there's a lot of things that i was thinking uh after clark's spaceship takes off from the kent storm cellar it makes its way into the tornado however the storm dislodges the key causing it to power down as luther this was this this was really unfortunate i mean this this spaceship has crossed universes, perhaps times, perhaps dimensions, but a little lightning strike in a tornado. And where does it go? I guess we'll find out later in the series. Where, what happens? Where does the key go? Well, where it's in the, the cornfield at the end of the show. Well, if I can quote Will Smith from Independence Day, welcome to Earth. Bitch. Did he say bitch? <laughs> he didn't say bitch. He just said welcome to Earth. Yeah. At Luther Manor, Lex finally snaps out of it and decides to pull his father from the the rumble and near certain death. I, d I did like that moment. It was like, you know, Lionel's awesome. He's just like, Lex, son, son. And I'm just like, let this effort die. Let this effort die. And then he snaps out of it. So you see a glimpse of that darkness of that, you know, just a moment, just a moment that it's inside of him. And he's trying desperately to shake it off. Well, I also think I think it was cool and, and, kud and you know, kudos to you that you were able to uh, live in 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 the multiple sort of emotional dynamic there. It could you could have easily just been, you know, had this thought of like, I should let him die. No, dad, let me help you. You yeah. know, but there was like, there was a standoff there. It was like high noon. Yeah. And it's also, again, you know, when you see sometimes a good performance or if I see a good performance, I go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm pleased with my performance or Tom's performance or whoever. Got to give a lot of credit to Greg Beeman too. He has a good eye. That's why he yeah. just, I believe, won, a, won an Emmy. Um, he has uh, just an ability to find that moment to, to get that character out of you if it's not quite present and a lot of actors will be of directors will be like that, that's good enough yeah great moving on that's great but it's not right. what it could be and beeman doesn't let it go and he has that way of keeping you honest and creating that trust with you as we've discussed before oh, where yeah. i'm sure he came in and gave you some very simple wonderful piece of something at some point and you're just like oh 
And then it's like action. Yeah. I mean, he's I, just, I'm sure he's a gift. I'm sure of it. As Jonathan catches up to Nixon, who has the footage of Clark using powers, a mobile home trailer swept up by the tornado <laughs> was falling out of the sky. Instead of taking the footage and running, Jonathan pushes Nixon out of the way, saving him and trapping both men underneath the trailer. Did anyone else catch the Wizard of Oz references throughout this whole thing? No. Oh, Chloe kept dropping them left and right. What'd she say? But it's, start, you know, this also, trailer thing is part of it. You know, Oh, the yeah, that that's right. There's just, there's a couple little, I mean, it's twisters and Al Miles are smart. They're going to weave that stuff in. But as we go through this, yeah. You know what I found cool is the conversations with Roger Nixon. Usually it's one note. He's just a bad guy. But the things he was saying, like your son, he's not just your son. He owes it to the to the world, Mr. Ken. Mm-hmm. You know, he he has more to like it's it's truth. There's some truth to that. And what ultimately, inevitably, you will do is help save people and the planet and whatever. You're the protector of the universe. And he's not wrong, but he's just kind of malevolent. Well, and, and you get a little bit of um, foreshadowing with, from Martha as we get into it about like, when the time comes, I know you'll make us proud. Yeah, Clark. exactly. You know. As the storm ends, we see the Smallville Hospital overwhelmed with patients as Clark brings in Lana. I love the scope. I like making that big. It looked chaotic. It's great. The tuxedo. Why, yeah. <laughs> Lionel gets admitted. We learn he's in critical condition, has suffered severe damage to his optical nerves. Clark goes to find his parents and discovers that his father is missing. Underneath the trailer, we see the good nature of Jonathan Kent as he chooses not to kill the man, threatening to expose Clark and ruin his family, but instead he protects Nixon and tries to find a way out before they run out of oxygen. I I mean, listen, let let me say it once so I don't have to say it again. John Schneider killed it. Killed it. In this episode. Killed Killed it. it. And the fact, you know, him grabbing the pipe, not being caught up in the other actor's agenda. You know, he's like, I thought you were going to kill me. And he's like, of course you would think that. But yeah, because he, and it does not explaining because that's what you would do. You know, like there's just, John did a lot of physical, awesome stuff here. And as you know, working with John, there wasn't a lot of chaos around John when he was preparing or anything else. It would just be like action and he'd be in it. You know, there's a scene at the end of this with Jonathan we'll get into, but when he just, I know it was his choice when he starts crying, when he's full of rubble, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that was intense. And I guarantee that wasn't written. Chloe goes to check on Lana in the hospital and she recounts the story of getting pulled into the tornado while doing so. She becomes suspicious of how Clark saved her. By the way, she seemed so injured, so hurt near death. And she's like, Hey, Chloe, everything's fine. It was, I, I didn't like that direction, Greg. All right. As much as we we uh, bow to your abilities, I, I felt like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the transition of them. Just everything's fine. She should have been a little slower, a little more injured, a little more. But, you know, let it I, I let it go. Is that not part of why I, it's so suspicious, though? Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, in well, she some was ways, knocked out. Maybe maybe a, maybe a sling on her arm where she's like fighting through something. But maybe that's too maybe that's too like. Dawson's Creek. I don't know. Didn't like it. Lex meets up with Clark in his barn, and the two talk about their lost, critically injured fathers. Lex then lends a hand to find Jonathan. You know what I thought about this episode, but I kept thinking because of my, I don't know, what do you call it, ego or whatever. I was like, damn, the lighting on me was pretty good. I look I look really good in this episode. <laughs> First time I was like. You probably, you probably just had a really great hiatus. 
You're feeling good about it? Uh, yeah, I'll look like went shit to Las Vegas up, yeah. or something. And I'll look like shit later on. Trust me. No, the lighting <laughs> did look a little different. I don't know what. I mean, it's just a new season, new money, different. I don't know. You had a different gaffer somewhere. You know what it is? Huh. Not only different. Ga- so you're agreeing with me that I look good. Yeah, I think everybody looked better. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I will say that if you don't know this as, as listeners, you probably don't know this. Some of you are, will probably know it. But Tom knows it, that different lenses tell a different story and if you're on a long lens like a hundred mil lens it's just sort of compacts everything the the, the image and everything looks better you just look the the background's more blurred and you're it just makes you look better the longer the lens the better if they use a fisheye or something like a 20 mil you're not going to look as great yeah you look a little wide for some for some of you on your iphone that 0.5 x thing when you take a picture and you look all wonky that's a fisheye lens yeah exactly. you really don't want that too close to your face unless it's on purpose i like that nixon continues to poke and prod jonathan calling him a hick and pointing yeah. out that he and martha couldn't have their own kid this causes jonathan to punch roger in the face uh nixon receives a call from lex looking for him when jonathan finds out lex is on the line he takes the phone and chucks it against the wall i like that moment and i and i was like oh man Lex looks like he is just caught. He's not. Yeah. But we know that Lex is really saying, Nixon, stop this. I told you to stop going into the Kents. But Jonathan doesn't know that. And he looks really guilty and like a liar to Clark. Yeah. I mean, you you don't, you don't, it'd be like your ex-girlfriend breaking into your house and saying that she's there to help you. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't believe her. Yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> believe her. Lex tries telling Clark he was calling the fire department, but Clark doesn't buy it. The next day, Clark meets up with Lana at the town when she continues to question how she's still alive and shares more of her suspicions with Clark. Everybody's suspicious. Everybody at this point. And it's so early in the show, season two, episode one. And uh, you're like, all right, are they going to find out his secrets this fast? Oh, wow. What are we going to do here? But uh, the, pr- the whole problem of it all, the whole dance thing puts a lot of pressure on people. It does. Back underground, Nixon tells Jonathan that he would use Clark's powers for wealth and fame and that it's crazy they don't share this with the world. Jonathan tells Nixon he knows a way out but is prepared to die where they're at if Nixon doesn't give up his proof of Clark. So then he destroys the tape. He just rips it up. He gives the tape to Jonathan. He rips it up. The Jonathan Kent search party grows as Chloe and Pete join Clark in the woods of Smallville. Uh, they come across the trailer that has trapped Jonathan but because it's lead. Clark is not able to see through it with his powers. On the search, Clark talks with Chloe. Chloe tests Clark by saying they should be friends, hoping he Really disagrees. bad timing here, Chloe. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for my dad who might be dead, and you're talking Sorry. about our relationship. And uh, not for nothing... Uh, why does Clark not really super speed ever during this whole thing? You think he could have just checked the the entire town in like four seconds? Hmm, Did you notice that? He didn't super speed around. I'll email Al. I'm just saying for that one. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Talkville. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Uh, So Clark goes with her idea of being friends. This breaks Chloe's heart. She's crying and Pete comes over and says, damn. What happened? <laughs> that will never get old. Back at the town, Martha comforts Lana, who's still recovering from what happened in the tornado, by telling her a story from the day of the meteor shower in Smallville when she was just a little girl. And that was a, a nice, touching moment. Lana and Martha don't have much together, and that was nice. I even have a scene. Lex has a scene with Martha later on, and she was very powerful in that scene, which we'll talk about. She's she's she has a way of of disarming you in the in the best motherly way i saw that i see it with Kristen in the scene i can mm-hmm. see her sort of relaxing and maybe opening up a little as opposed to when lex comes in and orders a cappuccino and like you know the armor goes up which is normal yeah i agree with you uh underground as both men grow more hopeless jonathan opens up to nixon about how keeping clark may have been a mistake but when he started first started start showing his powers as a toddler they were afraid scientists would take him away for good and that was the scene i was talking about man that was emotional. And, you know, when Jonathan has his moments, you could see he's a really good actor. You know, I, I think that he, he's a good what, a, what a what a hard role to play. Jonathan Kent, if you don't actually have kids, like if they just hired like a single guy like you to play Jonathan Kent, I think that'd be that'd be tough. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> Although I would just channel Blanche like, oh, my God, if something happened to Blanche, if what Blanche- happened to my dog? My dog could fly. <laughs> At Smallville Hospital, Leck pushes for surgery for Lionel against one of the other doctor's suggestions to let his optic nerve heal naturally. Looking at old maps, Clark finds out there was an old church with a basement destroyed in the meteor shower. Hopefully, his father is there. Clark rushes to the scene. He flips over the 50-foot do you, trailer. Wait, do, you, do, you, do you think that whole thing of the whole nature versus nurture, and, and I think it's Lionel's fault that Lex wouldn't consider nature actually working. Like, you know, I, that's, that comes from your father when they're like, it could, it could probably hear naturally. And you're like, no, I don't believe in nature. I believe in progress. I believe in money. You know what I mean? I think there's a, that's a little twinkle there. Hmm. I mean, why else would he make that decision? The doctor's literally saying Mm -hmm. most likely this is the better choice, Yeah, but no, you have, you have to act now. And you say that to Lionel later. You thought action right away, or there's a different line, but action right away was the best thing. And he then agrees with you and says you're both wrong, but we'll get to that. Clark flips over the 50-foot trailer to get, his, to get to his father. This was awesome. That was probably a six-hour setup or more. Probably could have taken eight hours to do that scene. I, unfortunately, I don't remember. I mean, in fact, even the, uh, the stunt of getting Lana out of the truck... I kind of remember being there and, and I kind of remember being like, well, just make it look hard, make it look difficult. Yeah. And, and, and we got away with it, but I don't really remember doing it. Plus the other thing, all the tornado stuff, 
Imagine all the hours it took for set deck to set all that up before we ever got there. Oh my gosh. The car, I, I think Nixon's they would car do, in, the, I, in the tree, the whole thing. Yeah, a lot of times we were doing practicals, and they, I don't think they do a lot of practicals. They would have done something CGI with that, wouldn't they? Um, I think I, there was a lot of garbage spewed around after that tornado in town. Uh, I'm talking about the trailer. Yeah, but in that, that whole <laughs> set, that's all practical stuff around that trailer. I didn't lift up an actual trailer. That would be CGI. But there was a trailer there. Oh, for sure. Interesting. Clark flips it over, but once he approaches, he stopped as the kryptonite rocks on the ground weaken him. Nixon sees this, grabs a meteor rock, puts it in Clark's jacket, and attempts to kidnap him to expose his powers. Freaking Nixon. Dixon, more. Before he can get away, Jonathan tackles Nixon. The two begin to fight. Nixon breaks free, and just before he impales Jonathan with a piece of metal, he gets shot by Lex Luthor. Now, that was a good surprise. That wasn't that was a good surprise. my first kill, was it? I killed somebody in season one, didn't I? Well, Club I guess Zero? I killed the old woman by accident. Didn't I kill someone? I know someone listening is going to tell me. Anyway. I, don't think, I think Ryan's asleep. That I was... <laughs> I just watched this once. Oh, I watch it once sorry. and forget this it. This makes the Lex shooting flashback in Zero more believable. There we go. That's what Bryce said. Thanks, Bryce. There you go. Oh, I like it. As medical By the help- way, he's a good, perfect shot. I thought, because I had maybe lost track of where the memory card was for the camera, as I brought up earlier, I thought it was going to be one of those, like, he gets shot, but the memory card stops it, <laughs> something, because I didn't remember how this ended. Uh, as the medical help comes to the woods for Jonathan Kent, Clark tells Martha she has been a super mom. Jonathan reveals that Lex and Nixon were working together, and Lex gets thanked for saving his life with a good old-fashioned handshake. You know... It felt like there was more to unpack in that conversation. I felt like Lex could have said, Mr. Ken, I want you to know I did everything in my power to keep Roger Nixon away from you and your family. I hope you believe me. I think that would have been nice. And then Jonathan waits a long beat and then says, thanks for saving my life, Lex. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I feel like (laughs) them being at odds with each other is going to be, it's just meant to be a consistent thing. I, I I don't think they're ever meant to reconcile. Yeah, but this makes you feel like, oh, maybe it's going to work out, even though we know it doesn't. Well, you can, but you can tell based on what the the words you both choose that it's not going to work out. Hmm. Less is better. Hmm. Later on the farm, Clark shares his experience inside the tornado with Jonathan. I really like this and tells him it felt like he was willing himself toward the truck and able to fly. That was a really cool moment, <laughs> but we'd never see him do it <laughs> again. <laughs> Nor it, nor is it really that apparent if you, because I went back and watched it the, the the in the tornado, and I'm like, it just looks like he happened to catch the truck and moved himself. I mean, listen, I I get what it is, but or maybe the tornado just sucked you in. But regardless, that's, it's a feeling yeah. you had. That's all. I think that's what it is. After his lot operation, Lionel tells Lex the surgery failed and it would be better if he let him die as he is now blind. Um, I thought it was a little weird that Lex walks away. I just... I th- I thought he was testing to see if his dad would watch him. I don't think Lex was believed his dad. I thought, is my dad faking this? Is this like a ploy? That's what I got out of it. He backed off, and I was waiting for like, you know, is he looking at me because he's trying to pretend he's blind or not blind? Yeah, I, I, see, I felt like... It would have been more powerful when he says that to Lex just kind of take one step back or or just take a, a slow zoom in on Lex's face 
and the and, and that's it. Leave it on my face of what happened. And it's his fault instead of a wide shot. I I just disagreed yeah. with that end shot. I thought it should have been a close up on Lex seeing what he had done to his father and then cut. To me, that would have been more impactful. But I didn't direct well, it. They probably had that coverage, and that was a choice in post. Oh, they definitely that- had that because somebody probably because Ken Horton, God love him, probably was, was like, great. we can't end on a close up. We got to jump out and show that he had little. He had little rules like that. You could always end on a close-up. We, we've done it before. And let me tell you, there's um there's an episode way down the road where I had an idea for an end shot of the episode. And I, I called, I think, the creators or whatever and talked to the director and sold them on it. And it ends just on my eyes. Just on my eyes. It might have been the one I directed, actually, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I think it was the one I directed. I'll have to look. Um, Good. That would be even better. Yeah. This episode closes with Lana confronting Clark about how she survived, and Clark assures her that he is normal. You know, as great as that scene was, you know, you're you're very look. I thought you were great in it, but part of me wanted you to like kind of say, Lana, I don't know what to tell you. Why? How? How would? How would I save right. you in a tornado? More like instead, of, you kind of look like you, not saying much made you look a little guilty. Did you agree? Well, I- I do, and and I also think that one of the beauties of the way Kristen played Lana was she wasn't going to tell him. She needed him to say it because then it means something. If I tell you what you did right or wrong, that doesn't have the same impact as you telling me what you did right or wrong. It's like a psychologically, and I, I thought that she had a lot of patience in that, but Clark definitely looks guilty. He does. That's the only thing. I yeah. would have wanted him to look more like, you know, when somebody tells me I did something, I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. <laughs> You're are you are you kidding me? Yeah, I flew in an effing tornado. So you want him you want him to gaslight her? La- well, well, that's well, what he's, he's doing anyway. He's, that's what he's doing anyway. Lana, Lana, oh, that word. Lana that word I think the just, world ugh. of you and I would love to tell you why it happened, but sometimes things just happen. I don't know, but it still was good. But I was like, mm, I would have thought or like Lana, there's a good chance that you may have hit your head. Yeah, in the or, tornado. Maybe, or maybe, maybe this is a dream. Maybe, maybe Clark is just not a good liar because he doesn't want to lie. And so he just is like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. So, you know, you could kind of go with both ways. All right. Highlights and low lights. Any other things you guys remember? tension though. Yeah. You guys notice anything for else from the, the, uh, oh, right? well, at the end, we see the spaceship in the cornfield, the spaceships in the, the spaceships cornfield. In the cornfield. I think, I think I, I, I think I missed that. You thought I it was I the end credits and you pressed stop. Yeah, I I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just sitting there. Um, That's what I'm like. Where did it go? Well, you didn't finish the episode, idiot. I have <laughs> no right. idea where that ship goes. I have no idea. I guess we'll find out as the season goes on. Somebody's cornfield. Somebody's cornfield. Um, Somebody's cornfield. <laughs> I don't. Uh, look. Is that a Garth Brooks song? What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. 
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Interesting things yeah. to note first. Then we'll get into the things we remember from shooting this episode. First episode without Eric Johnson in the credits and with John Glover as a regular cast member. Mm. Jonathan Kent says the cave must have cut off their air supply, but you can see clearly sunlight <laughs> streaming in behind them. If sunlight can make it in, so would air. So that's a very that's True. a good point. Um, there was a there was a point where I was like, where all is, where where is all this light coming from? And I had to rewind like ten seconds and see that they lit all these candles with something. Um, and then I noticed a little light peeking through and whatnot. But I didn't I didn't necessarily feel like it was a an oxygen issue down there as it was a uh, maybe these things will collapse or maybe we'll starve or never get out. I never I mean. I don't know. I don't think it was an air thing. I didn't. Was it? I didn't. I, mean, I didn't pay attention to that too. I, I yeah. just. I let that go. I. I really didn't uh, care. Care. <laughs> I, I don't think I care. It makes did, sense. Ryan, did you care? Uh, I, I, I. I. It makes sense, but they gotta light the scene somehow. And normally, you need a backlight. You get like a little streak of sunlight <laughs> in the background. That's like that's yeah, just but classic. Also, and do you also notice that they only stayed? on one side of this little room. There was no 360 shot. You never saw all the walls anyway. It was like a stage set. So well, if you're worried about the pinhole lights coming through and you're, you know, just. Well, that's the only part, my, they, that's the only part they said that uh, props and set decorators, <laughs> that's all they set up, yeah. which is that one side. Yeah. Hey guys, this is the, this episode marks the first appearance of Clark's red jacket, blue shirt outfit. Think oh, it. it only and took you a year started to watching the, sh wearing the shit out of that, didn't you? <laughs> how many of those jackets did you think you had oh dude i remember going into the makeup trailer i don't remember if it was this episode but at some point in second season i remember going to see steve in the in the wardrobe trailer about something and it was like i'm gonna say 50 it might have been 30 but just they were all lined up there it took up half the wardrobe trailer because that and there and steve was like that's what we're doing now i don't care if you like it and i'm like i like it and he goes i don't care if you like it either i was like what <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you though what a shame that you didn't get a couple of those jackets. I know, I, mean, I know, I know. Uh, all right. I never, I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't thinking that way then. I know, I know. You never were thinking that way. I mean, to this day, when I work on, a, on another project and, you know, there's always that introductory conversation you have with wardrobe, hair and makeup about like, hey, what's this? And I'm like, I don't, I would prefer not to wear red or blue. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I would prefer. Like, I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. And it, I don't, it's not anyone's fault. But if I were to show up to do Winchesters and they had a red jacket for me, I'd be like, is this a joke? It's just like a, yeah, the, well, it's not, it's ingrained. Well, I get it. It's not, you know? well, it's just because that was a character that you played that always wore that for 10 yeah. years. You don't, they should understand that. You don't want to wear that. So, all right. <laughs> Voicemails. This is uh, first. We're going to start out with the hotline. Uh, we got some great messages today. 
Uh, we're going to do patron privileges first. Patreon.com slash Talkville. You help the podcast support it, if you will. This is Brian G with his uh, his question. So let's see. Uh, what. Are... Hey, this is Brian G. My question is for season two, episode one, Vortex. Why do you guys think that Clark doesn't tell Lana the truth at the end, even though she's caught him red-handed in the tornado? Do you think that maybe he's sensing a similar Lex-like vibe to her questioning about being saved and her obsession with being honest and open? And do you think that he was right not to tell her or do you think he should have trusted her? Listen, it's a perfect opportunity to tell her I think she would understand. I think it would bring them together. I think it would end the series uh, in a bad way. And But you have to remember, Clark was raised, you know, Jonathan very clearly states a number of his principles when it comes to parenting in this episode. And it's like, we got to just keep keep it low key till we know what's going on. Um, So I just don't think he had the tools to express it. And the tension in that scene, that's why it it works, I think, is because you want him to tell, but then everything's over, you know? Ryan, you, you I really, think she knows. Ryan had a really stupid look on his face for a second. Sorry, I, I bit my lip on the inside. I was just feeling yeah, right. that. I was like, what are you, what what that are you is? doing? You're like this. <laughs> That's a TikTok moment. Looks like we're about to bead it out. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll say cheek. something. I, I wanted you because it's more important what you think on this. But all of a sudden, it's the obvious. It's like we've got nine seasons to go. If he tells Lana right away, you know, what are, what, what are we doing here? You know, then you're well, I mean, then you get into she's got to hit her head and forget or go away or, you know, be killed. That's what happens. Yeah, it just makes you it too hard out. for the series when someone else knows. And I, I don't know. Here we go. This is Michael P. Hey, guys, it's Michael Piccioni from College Station, Texas. This question is for the episode Vortex. Tom, there's a scene where you actually flip an RV over and visually it looks like the real deal. Now, I'm not sure if you were maybe hitting the gym up a little bit more or maybe had a little bit of help with special effects. But I'm curious, how would you guys pull that scene off? Thanks. Nice shirt too, Talkville shirt. Available at Talkville.com. I I hate the fact that I don't remember because that that makes a bad podcast for anyone listening. Like, oh, why am I listening to this guy if he can't remember anything? But I don't remember. But um, you know, we used to we would flip tractors, we flipped the things, and there was like pistons that would throw and and wire work and all these other things. So I just don't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, obviously it was. something helping it i think that what they probably do they had giant ropes on the back end of it and a trailer pulling it slowly the opposite direction and, and then, then they a- they you know green screen they got rid of the ropes in post here we go Leanne. so i had a question regarding the episode vortex so all three of the veterans in this episode schneider glover and annette they all brought their a game so my question is for you, Rosie and Tom, did you guys feel any anxiety or any pressure to live up to their phenomenal performances? And if you did, um, did that ever subside as the series went on? I never was. Uh, I'll, I'll just say I um, I rarely get intimidated by people. Um, I never think I, you know, I, I was. I think you know, it's just like I, I, I'm here to do my thing. I've got to do what I do. And I don't, it's not a competitive thing. Like I got to step up. I just got to do what I want to do and what they want me to do. And that's what I'm more focused on is, is, is doing, having a believable, good performance. Tom. I used it completely to my advantage being around, especially those actors, but any actor, I was just like, it worked for Clark to not really know and to be swayed and moved by the other characters agendas. So I just used it. Hi, this is 
Lauren from Twin Cities, Minnesota. This question's for Ryan about the episode Vortex. On a scale of three roses to three bombs, how impressed were you with the visual effect of the truck falling apart in the tornado? For me, it was three roses. Thank you. Uh, I I agree. I think that I think that was pretty good. The truck falling apart? Yeah. Yeah, it was like getting ripped apart in the tornado. That's pretty cool. It was really good. Like, they, it was definitely like, hey, motherfuckers, season two. <laughs> we've, we've upped our budgets. <laughs> no, plenty of opportunities that seem to just cut away and not not even spend the money to show you that. Yeah. Uh, but they did it. They killed it. Yeah. All right, here's Adam. Let's hear what Adam has to say on the hotline. Uh, hey, guys. This is Adam from Richmond, Indiana. Uh, my question is for uh, Tom and Michael. In the season two premiere, Vortex, uh, did you guys feel any added pressure going into uh, the second season, kind of knowing that you were the biggest show on the network at that time and kind of feel the need to top what you guys have done in season one? Um, I don't recall. Feel, I just I felt like we were always... I don't think we ever compared ourselves to anybody else. I think we, it was just about continuing to do what we do and keeping the vibe of like elevating material. I don't remember kind of strutting on set and, and, and feeling that. Michael, you probably did because it was the first time you really had any success. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, just a joke. You had tons of success. No, no, no. You would, you would know better. I didn't know any better. I, I, no, I was I, going back on the second season for my first time. I just you know? felt like I don't – Look, again, there was no social media really out there, right? So we weren't seeing this like constant like, oh, so-and-so says this, so-and-so every day, like all these shows are right. doing now. And you can get really kind of bogged down and, and consumed by that. Um, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, I felt less a lot pressure. Of, a lot of times what happens, what happened to me was the more success we had, the more obligations were being asked of me. And those obligations were either photo shoots or interviews. So it's added work. The celebration aspect doesn't increase. There's actually less time for celebration. Mm -hmm. If that makes now, I'm just kind of thinking about this now. Like there was no like, hey, we did great. There's, it, that doesn't happen. It's like, okay, now we need you to do this. Now we need you to do that. Yeah, you know, and it's just like more. You know, there's never in this business, the companies that own you, I hate, hate to use the word own, but sort of like you're obligated to. Very rarely do they make you feel like you are important, that you're great, that you're it's a sign of they it's a sign of weakness. Yeah, they they want to have the power. They wanna and I'll tell you, if they did more of that, I think it'd be a better thing. I, I the whole thing of weakness, showing your weakness is is bullshit to me. I think that yeah. if you were like, you know, if the president of the network called and said, Hey, I just want to say the show is awesome and you're awesome. And I want to thank you. And, uh, you know, this is just incredible. And they don't do that. They rarely, rarely do that. And then when there's a bona fide hit like this, it's smart to do that. You know, if you have a company, you know, you give your, you know, a raise and you say, hey, I want to thank you for all you've done. And, you know, you, you, so and we knew we were successful. And I think they hid that success. They tried to hide it where it's, oh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's a good show. It's the ratings are good. <laughs> They're not like we thought they would. It's always something. It's never good enough. So F you. It's really expensive. Yeah. Here's Gabriella. Which it probably was. Yeah, it was. Hi, Tom. Hi, Michael. I'm Gabriele from Italy. My question for Vortex is about the blending of visual effects and acting. So which visual reference you had, Tom, to play this scene with Kristen, since there is a lot of CGI here? How did you, Tom, manage to play this scene? 
um, you guys are the first uh, the first podcast I ever followed. So thanks for that, and thanks for small. Oh, podcast. thanks, Gabrielle. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening and watching. I, you know, there were a lot of the visual effects were, were happening behind, like behind us. The crawling into the truck and all that, that was practical. That was wire work. And I just remember, and I had a really great stunt guy at the time and great coordinators giving me tips about like, because sometimes what you think you're doing doesn't look right. And you get a really good stunt coordinator, stunt double to be like, hey, I know you think you're doing this, but if you do this, it sells it better. And I, I just think there was a lot of showing the effort, feeling feeling the truck in my hands and not just trying to float on this wire and just, you know what I mean? Like really trying to feel the pressure of the vacuum that would be around us. You really I sold that. that being you like did sell that. And that's hard. And I wasn't even thinking about that. But green screen and all that stuff is, is, is very difficult. And, you know, you have to trust all the people around you that to hope, hopefully they're going to make you look the best you can look because yeah. it's up to them. You don't know how you look. You're like, well, you know. and, 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 and keep you safe at the same time mm -hmm. because you're not in a safe scenario when you're on wires and there's trucks and there's wind and a lot can go wrong. So it's like, okay, you're going to keep me safe. And okay. Like, all right. It's a trust situation. Yeah. Did you ever get frustrated when you were up there on the harness and be like, all right, guys, that's it. Come on. Like losing your cool. Cause it was painful. I, mean, I don't think I don't think I lost my cool again Chris Sarah who's my stunt double for many years at the beginning he did a lot of things for me before I ever had to go up and a lot of times he took a lot of shit for it because they they thought he was holding things up or speaking up too much but he was kind of making it safe and making it better so things he would go through things before I would ever get there so that when I was there I didn't have to be there so long yeah it would be more efficient and in the end, everything was better, but nobody ever takes back how they yelled at him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one says, hey, I'm sorry about that. You were right. He never got any credit. That's what I do notice, Tom. I do notice that um, I've seen this. If you're a star of a show or one of the stars of a show, there's a completely different tone directed to you than anyone else. Yeah. There's such, if you're not, if you're an extra, many a time, it's like, move over there. I told you to come in after that. It's very belittling, I believe. And, and they just, they don't appreciate background like they should. Background really can be magnificent and make something like the, the hospital scene. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they take a lot of crap background. And um, it's it's got to be tough. And even crew people, crew, crew members, they, they take a lot of crap. If you're not, you know, you hear it all the time. You know, you're out of focus. You know, it's just, it's, it's pressure. Remember watching Marcus and he's just, it's such a tight frame and it's like a long lens and it's hard to focus on him. And he's like, and you, you could see him like, he's so like, oh, I got to get this right. It's, it's really stressful for those guys. Yeah. 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 A lot of it is you're, you're a lot of it, unfortunately, and, and this is in a lot of situations in life, you're, you only respect the people who can, who can fire you. And everybody who you can fire, you tend to not respect so much. And that's not fair. Yeah. That was a director, which I'll get into. Um, well, I'll get into it anyway, because uh, we have a, <laughs> we have a mutual respect. But also, we we butted heads a lot as James Marshall, who is, is really a gifted director, very talented. But, you know, uh, not the easiest to work with at times. Um, uh, but 
you know, he's invested and a talent, but like we would get along really well and then we would not get along. It would be so weird for me to see at times to 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 like support your I would see you guys laughing and having a great time. And then like a week later, you guys be screaming at each other on camera. Yeah, it was, <laughs> just, it was a passion. I like, think it was a passion <laughs> that we were both yeah. passionate people. Like I remember this was seasons into it and I would never pull this card. It's just not me. So I did it in a kind of a funny way, but we're on set and he knew that he, like I needed to get out because I had to fly out the next morning. And finally, he just goes, because we're getting to the end of the day, and they're not going to get to me. And I, I, and I, I go, and I kept kind of bothering him going, hey, dude, I, like, I got to fly out tomorrow morning. And he's like, you know what? You're not going to make your flight tonight. <laughs> we're going to film tomorrow. And you know why? In front of the entire crew, because I am the director. And I said, well, James, not to be a dick, guys, you know I'm not like this, but uh, I got to pull this one. Uh, James, you may be the director, but if someone's getting <laughs> fired between the two of us, it's not me. And we eventually settled it and it was all nice, but it was a very, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, this is not fun. Yeah. This, it wasn't fun. But uh, well, I anyway. think we talked about this before. There were times where I, where he on purpose would save things that were absolutely necessary that I was in, like my close up at the end of a scene, which you need, you need my character's close up. He would just wait and wait to film it until like the last half hour of the night, because that made him get all these extra other things he wanted. And there were times where him and I kind of butt heads and I'm like, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I don't appreciate it. You know, you know what? it doesn't need to be like, you this. know what? We're going to get him on the podcast. He'd be great. I love that guy. I, as as we're all telling all these stories, but listen, it's like work arguments. You know, the next day you see each other, you're like, what's up? You know, it's like, whatever. Yeah, I just think that having him would be fun to kind of rehash some of this stuff. Do you remember that time we got into it? And oh, then, yeah. because, you know, uh, but at the same time, sometimes I'd see an episode and I would call him after and go, brilliant. It's brilliant. You know, or, you know, I was wrong. Or he'd say I was wrong. I, I think there was a, like I said. A, a, he had definitely pushed the, he pushed the envelope. He's like Maverick trying to break the, the sound barrier on, mm -hmm. in the new movie. He was that guy. He just was always just yeah. pushing, pushing, pushing. He's the guy that if you were working with him, he wasn't the kind of director where you might get out an hour or two early. You might get, you knew you were going to work at least an hour over. Usually <laughs> you knew <laughs> He was going to take every second of that time that he had, which, yeah. hey, it's his time. It's his yeah. time. But at the same time, our view sometimes was how many shots are you going to? I mean, this is ridiculous. It's a two, two banger or it's just me at my desk opening up a laptop. Why are we doing 15 shots of this? There'd be some times where it was like too fucking much, dude. And I blow my shit. <laughs> I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, well, there's a really there's an older actor of friend of mine who I look up to, and he we were discussing this one time, and and, the, and he goes, here's the way I look at it: everything outside of the time between action and cut is their time. When you say action, you say cut. That's my time, and I'll and I'll protect that. But if it's I'm waiting in my trailer, if it's we're going overtime, he's already walking in accepting it, and I'm like, well, that's some wise, that's a wise perspective. But he says once you say action, now it's my time, and don't you know. 
You're right. This so time after he me. says cut, it's my time. And that's when I could say fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This is Bria from France, international friends and fans and listeners. Tom, how did you and Kristen shoot the scene of the tornado when Clark was saving Lana? We just talked about that. This scene is amazing. One of the most epic saves of the series. I mean, you, you discussed this already. I agree, but I, yeah, I don't recall a lot of it. Yeah. I do. I do. I do remember always thinking that like that Kristen herself was like tough. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. She wasn't, there was not like, I'm tired. Like, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I just remember thinking like she, she was there as much as she could, as far as safety goes. I do remember her just being like, you know, as, as most actors usually are, but yeah, you know, impressed, I guess. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, the Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right. Going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to. Be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Look, impressive, impressive episode. Uh, Rose and bomb rating for this one. Uh, three roses is the best. Three, uh, two roses, then one rose, then a heater is right down the middle, which is not good or bad. Then there's one, two, and three bombs. Three bombs being the worst. Um, Ryan, we'll go to you first. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Two and a half roses I'm gonna give it for two and a half. Tans. Thomas like Welling. I'm going to give it a three. I, again, my criteria to decide upon is like, if this is the only, if somebody was like, what is Smallville? And I showed him this episode, I, I could just like start it and be like, enjoy. Like, this is dope. Check it out. It's huge. It's awesome. Um, I, 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 it's a three. Huh. <laughs> well, the good news is I'm either with you or with Ryan on this one. Oh. And, um, it's very, very good Lex episode. Mm -hmm. You know, some people will say Star Wars is the best of the trilogy. Some people say Empire Strikes Back is the best of all the Star Wars. I think Star Empire Strikes Back is probably a better episode, better movie. I liked it. Yeah, I love Star Wars. But there's something special about Star Wars that started the whole thing. So it's hard between the pilot and this episode and the finale of last year to sort of differentiate. So I am going to, just for the sake of saying, hey, the pilot was the initial launch, and the, that's why I'm going to go two and a half roses. But I loved it. I, I loved. I think I'm also drawn to the action aspect, maybe a little more yeah. than you. I, I like all the physicalities and stuff. It's just my, my thing. I, I get it. Death count. Save count. How many people got saved? How many people died? Three people saved. Jonathan saved Nixon. Lex save Lionel, Clark saves Lana, one dead. Lex kills doesn't, Nixon. But doesn't Clark also save Jonathan and Nixon when he yeah, lives off Bryce, the trailer? Yeah, Bryce, he does. You but save for, them. For like a minute. Still a before, save. I mean, is, does it count look, as a Lex save if he, if he here, dies two minutes later? My analogy. 
in hockey, you can get a slap shot and the goalie makes a glove spectacular save out of the air. And you're like, whoa. And then sometimes it will just like a, a blooper, a little puck will just trickle and hit his stick, but still considered a shot because it hits the goalie. So it's a save. Or is that thing? Because we're thinking World Cup right now. If like you hit it, the goalie like makes an amazing <laughs> save, but it bounces off, and then the next guy like comes in and hits it in. So I guess it still counts as a save, even though it was a save and a goal. I don't know, folks. Call in. Let's take a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Through one episode of season two, one dead, three saved. I'd like to know how many total saves and uh, Bryce. So how many dead throughout the whole series as well? So oh, gosh. Well, he knows the first season, so we could just add that now and say in total. Mm-hmm. So we're getting down to Ryan's favorite scene. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. He's going to write down three scenes. What's that? I've already I made up my mind as I was watching it, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to try to stick to it. But if you don't bring up, let's let's I'll, try I'll to guess vote on the what you bring up. Let's but if it's to, not, I'm going to bring it up. Let's try to guess right. before he even gives us three choices. Okay, interesting. Okay, I'm going to say it was. The shot of Nixon being killed with Lex showing that Lex killed him. That's a good one. I think it's uh, Clark saving Lana in the truck. Okay. What are your choices, Ryan? But it might be Jonathan beating up Nixon. But anyway. Now, well, the, well those two are on it. There, uh, I did have. <laughs> well, look, I got the, the truck save because uh, that's like uh, bringing us back. We're all back in Smallville. And then um, the dramatic reveal of uh, not Rosenbaum, Lex, 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 <laughs> Lex shooting Nixon. Uh, and then as a wild card, I had uh, Lex and uh, Lionel's scene when um, Lionel says, would have been better if you let me die. Damn. Who's that? I forgot about that. That's, That's a damn. tough one. All right. Tom, what are you going to choose? I, I got to go with truck. Uh, the, the, the saving the truck. I'm, Clark saves Lana. I'm shit, man. I'm not going with the truck. I'll say. Plus, that. look at all the questions. The fans love it. We had like that may be so. so. That might be so. That. I am gonna go with. Man, I said the gun thing. I should stick with the gun thing to reveal that Lex <laughs> killed him. But kind of the blind thing. I'm kind of leaning towards that. I'm gonna go blind, Ryan. Uh, I'm gonna go with truck. Damn. It was truck. Wait, did you already pick One or up. did you just decide? <laughs> well, I went with truck. You have to decide before. I was tired. And I decided now. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, that I will, is, I will say, folks, I will for dispute the record, that one. You can't, you have to, for now, I'm choosing before. Okay, then you need to give me a minute. For the record, mm. for the record, I am one up on season two. Oh, that's a questionable one. <laughs> I think he gave it to you for mercy. It was a mercy thing. All right. Any final thoughts? It's the truck one. Uh, we got it. We got it. Any final thoughts? Tom? No, I just thought it was fun. I, I I wasn't sure what was going to happen this whole episode, and I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. That is it for episode uh, one of season two. Stick around next week as things heat up when we talk about season two, episode two, heat. Boy, I have a sex scene that we got to talk about that was cut. Pissed me off. Two sex scenes in Smallville that I had, or three, all cut, and that gives me a complex, brother. Um, let's the, take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or Talkville Pod. If you want to know your, uh, if you want us to know your thoughts or other episodes in season two, leave a voicemail two one three five three eight two eight eight three. That would that would really be horrible. I, I 
to have three sex scenes cut. You know what? I'm kind of glad. A- I, I don't want to see my. I don't want people to watch me fake sex on on a show like that. It was just like it was unnecessary. I remember saying, "Why do we need this?" And I, you know what? It sucked is I'd work out for like two weeks as hard as I could just to look okay, and then they didn't use it. And I'm like, "Fuck! I hurt my arm. My pecs are killing me." Ah. Nothing about me and my sex. Wait, okay. The one, one, one last thing on final thoughts. When, when Lex and Clark stumble upon Roger Nixon's car up in the tree. First of all, what a great job getting that tree up there because it looks legit. But your, your performance with the blood dripping, like nobody wants blood dripping on their head, and you stayed with it. It just kept dripping and dripping as you looked up. I thought that was really great. So that's one of my final thoughts. And thank, thank you very you. much for joining thank us. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, guys. That's about it from myself, Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Tom Welling. <laughs> and I'm Ryan Tays, and the drug scene was the best scene. I decided. Yeah, he decided on the spot. You guys look, tell us man, what you think I, of that shit. Look, no, I get I got I got persuaded over the course of the episode <laughs> that, is that I was that I was wrong. Once he said all oh, the fans liked it, I'm I gonna go wrong. with that. I he, got I got asked about it. I think he changed your mind. I did change. I'm allowed to change See, my mind. You got it. He got a direct. He got a you question. You got to write it down and stick to it from now on. Damn it. All right, guys. <laughs> remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. We'll see you next week. All right, guys. This is the top tier shout out for Patreon. Uh, if you're top tier patron or if you're a patron, we love you. Top tiers get shout outs. Here they are. Tommy, take over. Here we go. Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Janine R, and Santiago M. Leah S, Little Lisa, Tom T, Sophie M, Betsy D, Abby P, Michael H, Raj H, Ozzy M, Danielle B, 99 more, Lilani N, did I get it right finally? Oh, Catherine P and Brett G. Ray H, Tom, it's Ray H. Remember Harada? Oh. She lives in Japan. She was pregnant. We love her. Catherine P. Brett G. Always hold on to Smallville. Estevan G. DJ Kento Twitch. Garrett W. Kimberly L. Justin S. Tom and Tony V. Rodolfo V. Jason W. Osama A. Lana rhymes with banana. banana. I think it's Lana (laughs) rhymes with banana. (laughs) Nancy D. Brian G, Sarah W, Artoon K, Justin T, and Lucy O, Jeremy G, Amanda R, and Teddy127. Michael P, Theo M, Ryan R, Grumpy Itis, and this summer's hit, Jordan M, Craig G, Christy R, Pollyanna, and Karen P. Sorry, that's funny. Derek G, Jor L, Richard S, Heather and Greg, Nico P, I made Talkville say butts. Brian H, Georgina B, and Eric K. Kristen B, Takashi M, Kevin E, Nanine W, Stephanie K, Darth Achilles, and Finky. <laughs> Kenny S, Tito G, Remix. Remix. Is that Remix or Remix? Like Remix. <laughs> remix. Stephen F. Damn, who's that? Jeanette E. <laughs> Deadvid, Allison H, General Zod, and is that a new one? I think oh, it's Amara, Amara and Ev. Amara and Ev. Oh. Nice. Yeah, hi, Amara. And hello, it's Kitty. Crake, that's Clark spelled backwards. It's Krauk, Clark spelled backwards. Drew M, Big D, John M, Doug R, Tommy Z, Boston 68, yo. Isabel, Sager S, Coriel. Ivy and Sam, Brittany W, Mr. A, Cal T, Amanda K, Jesse C, Jason L, Claire M, fourth <laughs> favorite character, Zoe. We love you. Uh, 
Scott S. and D. Brown. Joshua W. Green Alice. Karen Ira. Eldon Supremo. Dan, what's up, my man? Also, a lot, a lot of these people are inside of you. Uh, patrons, I love you guys. Thanks for sticking with both. Good Lord. Sarah Q2 and Leslie V. Leslie V. We, we love you. We couldn't do the show without you. Thanks so much, guys. 